Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Feels like we escaped the doldrums. The Open Championship was today. It was like a breath of fresh air having having uh, British golf on because he was on in the morning. The world's golf, Mark. The, the world's golf. Now tonight, a little devoid of sports, but you know we'll get replay golf, <laughs> replay golfing baseball. Yeah. Um, but yes, it feels like SEC media days kind of let us down in terms of getting us through this doldrum period. I'm not I gonna will lie. say, Kiffin. Kiffin, Kiffin kind of delivered good. today. Kiffin was pretty good. Was that real tan, fake tan? What do we think? Oh, he spends like over half the year in Boca. Okay, so you think that was That's that real, was yeah. that was no, too that, much time on the beach, not too much no, time the, the in the a boat, tanning he's bed. He's a big fishing guy. Okay. That's a that he's got he's he that, went, that looked like a fishing he tan. He leads right. that salt life. You know, I, I don't know what kind of car Kiffin drives, but uh, he'd have the salt life, the salt life bumper What's sticker. What's the worst kind of tan to have? Like a t-shirt tan is pretty bad. Like, well, it depends. Wa- there's watch tans, sandals tans, short. You know, obviously shorts tan, sock tan. What's the worst one to like have? Like a prominent. I feel like it might be. I think it's like a bad, like when those, like a golfer, a guy who golfs a lot. <laughs> so like, me. Like when you well, like, when you show up at the pool and you take your shirt off and like the area from like your your triceps down is really tan and then like the rest of your upper body is you're, completely you're, bare white. You're describing me. Yeah. My whole because think about it this way. I, I think that's the worst. I started playing baseball competitively at like eight. You're right. It's a baseball tan so too. You're right. I either played baseball or golf. Like it was baseball. You know, I'd get dropped off of the golf course, then baseball at like five. So. Yep. I've basically had a pure farmer's tan mm. since I was like eight. Yeah, I guess that's the way to call it for I would, farmer's tan. I would make I'd make this argument though. The worst tan to me though is the farmer's tan 
in which you clearly are just wearing the wife beater. It's mm, so it's yeah. the one where it's yeah. just the the tank top, the tank top. You're not tan. really working in a tank top, correct? You know, if you're, you know, but like, if so you, like you, at least you can say like I, I was working if you were if you have correct. a farmer's tan. I was doing something, correct? However, I've always worn the golf sock tan as a badge of honor. The, no, it's so, like the perfect ring. Golf sock is not bad. I always, when I was a lifeguard growing up, I used to take pride in my sandals tan. Oh, yeah. I used to take pride in oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, having a f- fully formed, I could. The real it's thong a, it's tan. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's like, you know, how some people can tell you what time it is uh, based on where the sun's positioned. I could tell you what, 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 what you know, what month it was based on based my on sandals your, tan, your, how your deep it tan. was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, I, but I, farmer's tan at the pool is not a good look or at the beach, not a good look. You can get away with the sandals tan, the socks tan, the watch tan, the... At least, the, I've always said this, I, I think the farmer's tan gets too much of a bad rap. Like, in the end, it's usually someone who's outside a lot. Yeah. And to me, like that, usually people outside, like you're at least doing something. Yeah, no, and it, it's probably the most prevalent Well, tan the line. problem is, for men, and this least. was what I always found out, like, once you kind of get the farmer's tan, it's really tough to it's really oh, tough, it's to tough to get to rid come of it. Back. It's yeah. so, you know what? Because it's just it's hard when you're that white, and the other is hard Correct. hard not to burn. And like I am someone that actually tans pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's just like I would. It's just like it gets worse. Like my the rest of my body just gets darker. Like it doesn't. It's just the farmer's tan gets less white. Yeah, less translucent. Now, I feel like July twentieth by mm. now, you're you're whatever you're level of tan is yeah. is pretty much set in stone. Uh Lane Kiffin seemed just to be set at crispy right now. It yeah. felt like he got a little too much sun. Lane Kiffin's got that South Florida leather going. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> a little mm-hmm. he went there was a line, there's a fine line, and I'm sorry Lane, I think you might have slightly crossed it this year in terms of your tan level. The thing that I admire about Lane is his hair always just looks like uh, it's like fresh off. You can he's smell got Ken, in honor of Barbie. Smell, he's got Kendall hair, but like you can smell the salt water. Like he's growing it out uh, a little bit, yeah, okay, and so yeah, it's yeah. like kind of curly. You can you can tell. Did he show up in flip flops? If someone told me he showed up in flip flops to, to media dad, but okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, he probably didn't, but they all now because you can get away they, with sneakers. Yeah, they, they can with get your one suits. of the sneakers with the suits, and, yeah. the, and now Mike Leach is giving him an open, like a uh, just an absolute the open collar opening. The open collar opening. It's his yeah. last gift to, yes. to, to foot the sport of football. And Kiffin really liked Leach. Yeah, and Leach liked messing with Kiffin. Well, it's Tasty Take Thursday, so we started off with sun with What's sun the tan, best tan tan line takes, but we've got a. Uh, we got takes on this, uh, the latest developments in NIL legislation. Uh, we should put developments in air quotes. <laughs> developments. The latest legislation mm-hmm. brought about. It's uh, not even legislation. It's regarding NIL. We've got uh, Memphis basketball. we got an update on their schedule. We now know who they're going to play in conference play this year. So we'll dive into that. It's also, Jeffrey, it's a, it's a pretty special day for me. Do, uh, it is. It the, is. The meeting is going on right now at 1 o'clock today. Central Time in Minneapolis, or I believe Bloomington, Minnesota, technically. Uh, the owners of the NFL sat down, and as part of their meeting on the agenda is to ratify the sale of the Washington Commanders. It's a great day. Yes, it's the last day of the Dan Snyder era, or at least it is expected to be the last day of the Dan Snyder era. Do you era. think they're going to clap after the vote? 
We already had Jerry Jones coming up the escalator, someone asking him, and him just going with a big smile. It's a great day for the NFL. NFL, love that. <laughs> great day mm. for the NFL. I love whenever it's a great day for a sport. You know, great day for golf, great day for football, but even better, great day for the NFL. <laughs> well, it's a great day for me, too, and all Washington Commander fans out there, so maybe we'll dive into that. 240 or so. Y'all might buy Sunday ticket this year. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I think I am because it's on YouTube now. Yeah. Um, but uh, 240 or so, Eric Castletine will join us. Voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll dive into some Grizzlies stuff with him post-summer uh, league. And now it is, this is actually the time of year when everyone goes on vacation in the NBA. Reporters, front office. I thought like August. I thought they're kind of it's like. It's August, but like I thought now they're like, they're like Europeans. They just go on holiday in August. Yeah, like August yeah. is a slow month in the NBA. Uh, that's for sure. But we'll uh, we'll talk to Eric Hasseltine about all things Grizzlies later this hour. Three o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Um, some interesting uh, – we got Draymond stuff again. Have you seen how he got duped by a fake Twitter account in hilarious fashion? Yeah, I hated that form. Um, that was pretty good. Um, what else am I uh, thinking of? What else did I miss? Well, we here? Had, we got oh, we got to get into the open because we yeah, had the open some championship great content. Yes, we've got actual sports, actual mm-hmm. sports, uh, a sports event going on, a major in golf. Um, so all that uh, coming up. There was one other thing we wanted to talk about that I'm blanking on now. Uh, we'll think of it before we get to the list, and then three thirty or so. Uh, Jason, did you want to get into the uh, the protesters at Sabonic? No, I didn't want to do that. Uh, we'll figure it out. I, I, I'll, I'll chase it down during this next break. But it was good. I promise. Mm-hmm. And then three so good that we can't even remember it. Three thirty or so, Jason. That's that's a memorable topic. Three thirty or so, Jason Smith will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the latest in Memphis sports. But let's uh, let's start with the Memphis Tiger, uh, the basketball schedule, the release we got because all right, I, there's two ways to look at this. Okay. So the way it's set up is, as usual, and the AC's been pretty good about this in years past. They've been very consistent on this. Like, if they view you as a good team, they are going to try to give you as many opportunities to play the other teams they view as are going to be good teams. Like, late in the calendar. Like, you could argue one of the the real, like, things against Tubby Smith was, like, going into his second— Like, there's no— there is there should be no way Memphis basketball, whether it was the old AAC or this version of the AAC, should ever be considered not one of the good teams in the league for scheduling purposes. And at the end of the tubby, like the second tubby year, the AAC scheduled them as if remember they only played Houston once, or it was the Penny's first year, excuse me. They only played Houston once. You know, and it was like God, they don't even think Memphis is good. Like, is one of the top four or five teams in the league. I mean, the biggest problem to me with the AAC, like the late stage AAC, was Cincinnati was also down. Mm-hmm. Like Cincinnati post Cincinnati was down, and Wichita State was down. Yeah, but so Memphis for non so we found out their opponents for conference play, not the dates, but they will get home and homes against FAU, SMU, Tulane, UAB, and Wichita State, and they will get. Just home games against Charlotte, Rice, South Florida, and UTSA. And they will get just road games against ECU, North Texas, Temple, and Tulsa. Um, I guess the only quibble, I guess you could say, is you'd maybe want, I don't know, would you want North Texas, who won the NI or was the NIT runner up over 
SMU, Tulane, UAB, or Wichita State in terms of playing a home-and-home. I think I'd rather play a home-and-home with Wichita State. I have more faith that they're going to be better. And UAB and Tulane and SMU, I got more faith they're going to be better next season. And at least you get the road. Like, honestly, you'd prefer the road game against North Texas because if North Texas is going to be any good again, the the road game would be the potential quad one game, maybe. I guess the way that I would look at it is, it's not even necessarily whether or not I have faith that North Texas is going to be good again or not going to be good this year or Wichita State will bounce back. Mm-hmm. I'm just if – I'm, if I'm looking at it – like if I'm Laird Veach, I just feel like even if North Texas is good, it's a lot easier to get your fan base excited about the Wichita State game. Wichita State, FAU, yes. even SMU – Tulane because of what's yeah. happened recently. No, it's become a rivalry. And UAB because it's a you know there's yeah, like a, a rivalry. There's aspect there's, of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, I, I agree with you. Um, and so there's that that way to look at it where the league set it up where these really bad teams like UTSA they only have to play once because like UTSA based yeah. on what they've been recently is going to be a drag on everyone's schedule in the league. At least initially in basketball. Yeah, I guess the only if you wanted to quibble, like it's going to be like a quad, a game that literally doesn't help you whatsoever. I guess if you wanted to quibble, it does feel like because they're trying to showcase their good teams mm-hmm. that perhaps those some of these bad teams. Yeah, there's, the schedule's a little unbalanced, but at the yeah. same time, like they've been doing this for the past few years, and they they should. This is the way to do it. You need to give teams like I, Memphis, FAU. Which the teams that actually have a shot at making the tournament, you need to make the schedule analytically or metrically the best possible schedule yeah. you can make it as to the best of your ability. Obviously, you cannot predict exactly how this is going to shake out, but it's very like you can just tell from the schedule. They view Memphis, FAU, SMU, Tulane, UAB, and Wichita as like the top six in the league this yeah. year. Um, the other way you can look at it is. Good lord! Other than those two games against FAU, like what are you know, like ba- basically after after December twenty sixth, after Christmas, there's going to be two games. You know, you're going to have two games on the whole schedule that feel like, like that are going to be against a decent team potentially. Well, are you just going to leave out CBI champion Charlotte, who just lost their coach? Such such a great job their coach left to become an Been assistant, assistant yeah. at UVA again. Well, I mean, for a while, remember, CUSA almost ran the the postseason table. No, they did. NIT champion. They had both CBI participants in the NIT. Yeah, the CBI champion, and yeah, and then they had Florida Atlantic in the mm. final four. No, I get it. It could be like I am of the opinion that while this is not going to be as good as it was before, this the expectations are low enough that I think this league is going to exceed expectations. It's just not going to be as good as it was. See, I care. it's just the expectations are so low on what they've added. I care less about expectations. I care more about reputation. No, and that's going to be the problem for the reputation is that the expectations of this league are very low. It is why I do think I think oftentimes some of the conversation about will the Tigers be preseason top 25 gets overblown because my thing is with their schedule they can get Especially in non-conference play, if they win games in non-conference play, you can play, play your right. way in very, very nicely. I do think it's imperative for this team to stay in the top twenty-five for a long time because we've just, to me, like the tournament committee, like they can't, they can't use their brains, and they like the so much of the seating reflects what the top twenty-five looks like. Yeah, I think that is uh, that is right. So I, I don't know. It's 
It's gonna be. It's listen. It's gonna be tough to get super excited. I don't know if this take at is, conference play moving forward. This take probably needs some salt, mm-hmm. but I don't really know how you can make this tasty. Like this is like make chicken salad out of chicken yeah. ass. Yeah. But I think my take is the schedules. When you compare when you when you include the out of conference and everything, the schedule's as good as it can be. Uh well, I think I think the best possible scenario includes. Arkansas and Tennessee on the schedule. But, yes, to, I, I I think it's the best, given the circumstances, Penny has done the best he can do with the schedule. Yeah. Like, like Tennessee doesn't want to play you, and I can understand why Memphis doesn't want to bend to Arkansas and, and just play in Little, play in yeah. Little Rock. No, I agree. Like, I can understand why Memphis would want a game in Memphis. I, I guess I'm factoring that in. Yeah. Like, I'm saying, like, to me, like, that's the best it can be. But to me, the the – the quintessential Memphis schedule includes games against those. Like, you'd rather play those two teams than, say, Missouri and Vandy. You'd much rather have those two on the schedule. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, that would be ideal. I, I don't know. And then, you know, as you see it laid out, it's like, well, it's just in general, it does feel like in football and in men's basketball, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out from a – perception standpoint locally in that it does feel like, you know, if Memphis if Memphis isn't competing for a title in men's basketball or football given the resources, the care factor, the competition, like something is not right in this current league. That's what it feels like. Because like Memphis resource-wise is like, yeah, like SMU's got more money. Like I don't know. Well, I mean, we don't know like how long SMU's in this. We don't know how long they're in it. Like, yeah, North Texas and um, UTSA and maybe, you know, FAU have potential from a money standpoint. But if you could base it on their budgets last year, like Memphis spending way more on sports than those schools. Well, I mean, UTSA has real resource problem. Like, I, in, like let's take UTSA in football. It's not been proven that UTSA is the program like it's a program thing. It might just be Jeff Trailer. Like they might yeah. be they just they have the perfect coach for what they're trying to achieve. But I, I'm with you. Like in terms of NIL resources, Memphis is probably gone from what fifth in the league previously. I mean, I think resource wise, very clearly UCF was ahead of them. Very clearly Houston was ahead of them. It seemed like Cincinnati, just in terms of they got their facility stuff done. Proved that it was ahead of Memphis. Yeah, um, and then it's a matter of like, what, it, what? How did you view SMU? I mean, I think SMU. I mean, I think, I think SMU where it counts is better resourced than Memphis. They've got more, yeah. you know, like where it ca- like there are areas in which Memphis has is much superior to SMU in terms of like care factor, you know, and like. The- well, and I also think Memphis has done. Like I actually think Memphis has done better than SMU. Like I think Memphis gets more out of yes, theirs than that's SMU does. Yes, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. No, I think I think Memphis when you really stack it up at times has, especially when probably punched above their weight. Yes, at times. yes, they've definitely punched above their weight in football, and I suppose in basketball they uh, were the last. You know, pre Penny, they were not. They were not. But like I feel like right now they, I feel like they punch about what they should. Yeah, I mean, there. It's. I think it's up for you know. Let's see how the next couple years go for Penny. I think it's been like a slower than expected build under him, slower than he expected, and now it feels like 
Yeah, I still think that has like I, I I will go to the grave on this. Like that needs context. Like yeah, no, there were a lot of hiccups. Well, you had the COVID year. He went through COVID. Then he went through have, a significant NCA investigation. Well, and then also the year after COVID, I think that team, eye test wise, was a tournament team. But because everyone canceled non-con, remember, like they got screwed because all their non-conference games were ended up being like kind of nothing. How do we? How and do so we, they didn't have the metrics. How do we feel about this? Do you know what North, how North Texas refers to its home arena in Denton, Texas? Uh, you're going to say it. I'm going to remember it. They call it the Super Pit. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I like the Pit in New Mexico. Yeah, I, that's, super that's Pit. Stolen Valor. Yeah, Super stolen Pit. Valor. I don't like that one bit. Now, Memphis did win an NIT title in the Super Pit. Now, if you want to do if, – if New Mexico wants to do new renovations to their arena and call it the Super Pit that I'm in on it, I've heard I've heard FAU's arena is like a high school I've heard, arena. Yeah. I've heard UTSA's arena is real rinky dink. Um, North Texas's is okay. It sounds like UAB's I've been to. That's an okay arena. It seems like North Texas built a lot of facilities and they did pretty well. Um, Rice I don't know about, but I'm guessing that arena is not the greatest. Let's see what's the Rice basketball. Or, they, they don't go there this year, anyways, though. So Rice feels like. A- Rice feels like a school Tudor, that, Tudor Fieldhouse. Eh, looks looks like a nicer. It looks like a nicer version of Tulane's arena. That's okay. what it looks like. Like a has like an extra debt. You know, like has has. Whereas Tulane just has like basically like one thing of bleachers. This has like bleachers. This has chairbacks and then bleachers on top of it. Um, but yeah, it looks like a nicer version of Tulane's arena. But. Uh, Rice's arena looks like the goal should come from the ceiling. Yeah, you know, like they. Oh, very well. If yeah. you if you had posted this and said this was a high school arena, I'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. nice oh, high school high arena, school Texas, yeah, yeah, nice high school arena, yeah. Um, so there you have it. There's your me- now we now we know every opponent Memphis is going to play this year. Um, we just don't know when. <laughs> we don't know. Well, we know most of the non-conference games at this point, um, but very clearly it's going to be fast and furious at the beginning. And then it's going to be a lot of a, there. It feels like there are going to be a lot of games where we're going to be going into it, going, "Man, this feels like one." They win it, then it's not going to help them very much. But if they lose it, that could be real damaging to their resume. But how is that any different, basically, yeah. than where we've been the last no, five true. years? That's true. That's true. So it's just it feels like there's even more extremes this time because, like, I know Florida Atlantic is predicted to be a top ten team. I, I am not buying them as a top 10 team this year. I'm in the same position. I think they're pro- maybe they're I think they're probably a tournament team again with everything they have back. But I'm just not buying going up in a up up a league that they, to be a top 10 team they'd have to go like 31 and 3 again or whatever they were. I think the way that I view it right now is um you know when you have a game plan and you're you're comfortable letting somebody shoot mm-hmm. and then maybe he makes a couple. Yeah. I'm still letting. We're him still sh- giving I'm him still room. letting him shoot. Yeah, we're I'm still going yet. under those screens. Correct. We're Correct. still going I'm, under those screens with. Uh, I'm still okay letting him. Like I tip my cap. Like they they earned it and what a run. I'm still going to need to see you validate it. Okay. Um, tasty take on nil. Um, so Lane Kiffin among was uh was among the coaches. At, I, I'm sure he's done this before, but he called he referred to nil as a disaster. Um, like everything that's happening, he, he said free agency well, to be, now to exists. To be clear, to be clear, when he says nil is a disaster, he doesn't mean 
kids getting money for their name no, and, and, he and also, legacy. And he also didn't say, he said, we've got professional sports, uh, and I'm not complaining about it because we take advantage, obviously, of free agency. Um, but he goes, that's that the truth. <laughs> There's kind of your state of union on the situation of what all coaches are dealing with around the country. Really a poor system that isn't getting better and now is going to get worse. Because, again, now we just look at recruiting rankings and you're going to see that they're usually going to follow this donor base and what schools are going to decide to give the most money to the players. So it is what it is. We'll deal with it like we do with everything else, but somehow it's got to get fixed because there's no system around it. And I've got good news, Jeffrey. More legislature, legislators in D.C. are getting want to get involved in this, want to be part oh, of the solution. Problem solved. Um, we've got a new NIL bill that's being, uh, I guess, worked on, formulated. Um with, uh, yeah, formulated in terms of Congress passing a standard national NIL law. Um, and then Ross Dellinger added this to the, the yeah, news. Yeah, that's the best. So it's the College Athletes Protection and Compensation Act is uh, an alliance between Republican Senator Jerry Moran and Democratic Senators Richard Blumenthal and Cory Booker. Do they not know that alliances <laughs> in college sports don't work out? It was standard. It's a draft as of now, but it standardizes NIL, preempts state law, and protects the NCAA to create rules to enforce the bill. Um, as Ross Dellinger points out, however, in the four years of the NCAA urging Congress to pass NIL legislation, more than a dozen bills have been proposed and eight hearings have been held. The number of bills to even advance past the initial step of the legislation process? Donut. Zero. Um, but this is a... Uh, uh, I'll be honest. This one just felt like it had more um, camera-thirsty uh, leadership. Like, Cory Booker loves the camera. Well, him and Blumenthal have been... Uh, like, I bet you of those eight laws or whatever, they, yeah. they've authored six of them. Correct. Or been a part of six but of them. The problem is, like, when you get into it, everything that they propose is reasonable, but everything that they propose doesn't necessarily change anything. Basically, all they're saying is, like, it's, it's like, benefits for players, and then it's trying to add more transparency, but good luck getting the private schools to do that. Like, it's, it's not going to fix anything. Yes, and then we've got this from Ross. He had an exclusive interview with Greg Sankey about NIL, um, and he he told Ross this: the the in late June, uh, a divi- the Division One Council gathered around a table for a report from members of the NIL working group. The report was vague in nature, an outline of a general pathway for a possible permanent solution to an issue that has vexed college leaders for months now. After the presentation ended, the room fell silent. Aside from the voice of Sankey, he said this to Ross Dellinger. I am concerned that we had the opportunity for observations, comments, or questions, and I was the only one who spoke. You have a D1 leadership group receiving a report from a working group, well presented, and only one of 40 representatives engaged in this conversation. We spend more time talking about the committee selection process than we do about the leading issue we are facing, which is name, image, and likeness. Maybe for some within Division I, there is an imaginary world where name, image, and likeness doesn't touch them. I think that's exactly what I described it as, an imaginary world. Those in leadership positions owe their time and position to this topic. So he's adding to what he said at SEC Media Day in terms of, hey, 
I'm taking this seriously. Why aren't any of you taking it seriously? Here's my take. I don't want to hear these people complain about NIL anymore. Like it, it all falls on deaf ears. Sankey, uh, the legis- the you know, people in Congress. Um, well, the problem is, and here's why I think, here's here would be my take on it. None of this sounds like it's good faith. Like, none of them are making good faith arguments. Like, it feels like the commissioners are saying what they think they have to say, not because they believe in it, but and it's he, like... And when they're doing more, it's saying, going, why aren't they listening to me? Correct. Like, I... I I made the comparison to you on the phone the other day, and this is what it feels like to me. When you're doing, when you've got the reporting that you think a coach is going to take another job, and you know that you can't get him on the record, but you go to the press conference and you ask, hey, you know, the these, these rumors of the Virginia Tech job are not going away. And... You know, you know, they're not going to answer it, but you got to get them on the record, and that's what everything feels like to me. Everything just feels so empty and hollow because it doesn't feel like anyone believes in any of this. I mean, the only person, part of the reason why I think what Kiffin says that's effective is I do think at least he believes it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Is it really that bad right now? Well, the problem is it's become pay for play. Like the the way- name, image, and likeness became a replacement term for pay for play, and that's it's supposed to be by definition, essentially making name making money off your name, image, and likeness. Yeah, it's not a salary. Like that's the problem. It's become essentially a salary. I, I've believed this for several months now. There's no way you're going to improve this until you declare what it is, which is these people are employees of the university. And the problem is, and then they they until they reach that point, like I don't want to like you can try to pass a bill through Congress, whatever. I don't think it's going to work. I think the way to get out of this or whatever to 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 make it more uniform and easier to police is everyone has to be employees. Okay, but then you're now you're going to run into like. If you do, if you essentially declare it professional sports, yes, you realize everything else is going to become club sports. Like you'll have like lacrosse and whatever, but water wim- polo. Most wim- of women's sports, probably other than basketball, mm-hmm. and even women's basketball. Like how many schools can maintain that? Twenty, maybe. I mean, all the other sports, every non-reb sport is so going to become. Is, what is a good? What does a good bill in Congress look like? Like, what does it? What does it do? It makes it. What is what? If what, like we keep talking about this NIL bill, so what would this prototypical or hypothetical bill, like the, I, I the one that works, that makes that would actually help the situation look like? Is it saying you can't take pay for pl- essentially they can't get paid until they get there? But see, I don't no, see how that passes. But like my deal is even, I don't think legislation is the way to fix this, and yeah. the reason why I believe that is. Because inevitably what legislation becomes is restrictions. Well, guess what's going to happen with restrictions? You're just going to go right back to the black market. And it's going to go back to. So essentially the only way this works is the way that other professional sports leagues work. Like you, you determine who are your participants and then you come up with rules that everybody has to abide by. And even then, like, I think the biggest problem Like, let's say the Big Ten, the SEC, 
and whatever. Like they break off into the 65 team college football world that people envision. Is whatever that league is going to have the gravitas and the leverage that the NFL has that if somebody starts breaking the rules and somebody starts, like, you know, ignoring a salary cap and paying under the table, are they going to have the authority to punish? Because, like, in the end, that's why the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, like, it works. Like, when teams cheat, they get punished severely. Like, is that going to matter? Because I also think this. I, I Like, I, I know there's consternation from a Memphis perspective about NIL, too. And we've, we've heard it from whether it's Laird Veach or Ryan Silverfield or even Penny Hardaway at times. Um, Because I, 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 again, it's a lot like how I think about like PGA Tour stuff. This NIL stuff, I really think about it in terms of, well, one, like my rooting interest or my professional interest. My rooting interest is Michigan where like, I'm going to be honest, any any NIL law or whatever, like Michigan's going to be fine. They got a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um. Memphis, obviously, is in a trickier spot. It seems like, to me, at least on the basketball front, Penny knows what he's doing. They might not have, have, might, might not have the most NIL money available to them, but they seem to be navigating it pretty well. Yeah, I think the way, like, again, I don't know where they would stack up nationally, but I do know that if you broke it out, like, they're in the top quartile. Yeah. Like, like if you're doing – they're in the top 25% of college basketball. And we've heard – Ryan Silverfield has made it pretty clear whether it's behind the scenes or even publicly sometimes, like, hey, like NIL is well, an first off, it starts with him. Yeah. <laughs> but NIL is an issue. Like it's the first thing people ask about. At the same time, you know, and I and I have no doubt they've lost some kids because of NIL, whether it was on the recruiting trail or current guys on the roster who left to go to other schools. Free score. Yeah. Yeah. Um Jackson. And um but at the same time, like, honestly, like, let's say there was no NIL, but there was a transfer portal where you can transfer without sitting out a year. You're still going to lose. If a kid's getting recruited by Florida or a kid's getting recruited uh, by Ole Miss, you're probably going to lose them no matter what. Yeah, Chances football, are. yeah. You know, like, if that's, the, you know, with the with the portal and everything, like, maybe in some instances there'll be a, a sense of loyalty or whatever. But, you know. More often than not. Let's also acknowledge maybe there's a sense of loyalty, but that loyalty is not going to be free. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like in the new AAC, to get back to kind of what we were talking about originally with Memphis basketball, like, again, resource-wise, like, as long as Memphis – like, again, you don't want Memphis to be in the AAC long-term. Obviously, you want them to – if you're a Memphis fan, you want to go to the Big 12 or whatever. You want to be the next call-up, if you will. But as long as they're in the AAC – I don't know. I just don't think NIL is going to be that big of a problem for Memphis because in terms of the the schools they're competing with in the AAC, like I think they're pretty well resourced. Well, it's this weird It's just now if they went to the Big 12, yeah, I do think I think I think the current climate of NIL would be a problem, particularly in football. I think it'd be a big issue in football. I think they would be competitive in basketball, but they're still not going to be like they're not top dog. Yeah, Kansas is I mean, always, you know, Kansas is going to spend more money than you. There is this, I'm sure Baylor does, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I do think 
I mean, Kansas State appears to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be like a legitimate player. I mean, the reality is, it's all these big land grant schools with a lot more alums. Yeah. Yeah. The problem, the problem that Memphis finds itself in is, it feels hopeless when you're in the AAC. The issue, though, that I see is, it's not just a smooth transition to move up, and I think now even more so. Like, for instance, when TCU moved from the Mountain West to the Big 12, the gap between schools was not as wide. Well, and we're going to see this year. I mean, like, let's just be real. UCF is the only team in the new – I think BYU is predicted to be around 500, and UCF is predicted to be – The only team that has – no, the only team that has a – the only team that has a win total, like, of a bowl team is UCF, and I think it's either six or six. BYU doesn't? No. No. So BYU doesn't, UCF barely does, and then, like, frankly – Houston and Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's is like three and a half. I want to say now at least Cincinnati. You can say new coach, new coach. Like, yeah, like, you know it was going to be a tough year for them anyways. Once they Luke lost, Fickle Luke Fickle looked like why he knew he was getting it. like he got out at the right at the right time. Yeah, um, there's a reason why he took that job so suddenly. It feels like, uh, or but, maybe not so suddenly, or not so suddenly. Yeah. Um, so fascinating stuff, but I still don't think this goes anywhere. Yeah, the legislation. It's just going to be no. Wild Wild West still. Yeah, no, I don't. I still don't think Congress is ever going to be the solution. No, I don't think so either. It's never going to be a winning issue, and so no one's going to take it on. Yeah, we'll see how this latest development takes. All right, when we come back, Eric Hasseltine, voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, right here on ninety-two FM ESPN. He'll join us. Get his thoughts on the end of summer league. Look ahead to the rest of the off season and moving into. Uh, next season and looking around the NBA. Eric Hasseltine will join us next. You're listening to Giannato and G- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. 
Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Eric Hasseltine is the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies radio network. Of course, the play-by-play host. You can always hear Grizzlies games right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Kind enough to join us. Eric, are you in Florida still? Where are you now? Uh, are we? Uh, I will give you a hint. I am 7,000 feet above sea level, looking at one of the most beautiful lakes on the planet. Tahoe. You is a guy who went, yeah, you got it. Yeah, You're I was absolutely correct. I was trying to explain to Mark when why Steph Curry had all the support out at the at the golf tournament. I was like, that's where a yeah. lot of Bay Area people like. That's where they vacation. Like uh, Chicago, I've been to Tahoe. Yeah, but I'm saying like you know like Chicago people go to that lake that you know up in Lake Michigan. Geneva, yeah, or, yeah. In Lake Michigan. Tahoe, I feel like is where a lot of Bay Area people like have their vacation it, spots. It is Bay Area East, as we like to call it. Okay. Where we call what do we call the. Uh, <laughs> The, the Redneck Memphis Riviera. Riviera is yes. Destin, the Redneck Riviera. I oh, yeah. want to say that. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is the, uh, the, the Bay Area hoity-toity getaway. All right, I want to ask Bay you, Area this, is, playground. this is something that, Mark, we, we kind of discussed yesterday. If you look at odds right now, I think the Grizzlies are going to be picked somewhere like fifth in the West. But if you look at it, the Suns, and the Nuggets are, like, clearly in front. And then there's kind of a, a mosh between, sure. you know, basically the Lakers down through the Mavs. Right. If – who are the teams that you would – if you say this team is for sure going to get to the Western Conference Finals without having seen any games play, but if you were just starting the season, how many teams would you put in front of the Grizzlies? Uh, healthy Grizzlies, or are we talking first 25 games? I mean, if they stay healthy, I, I don't even know that I'd put the Suns in front of there because what have, what have we proven here? They Teams that do this and kind of load up, who's going to play point guard for the Suns? Like, who's there? I mean, it seems like, it, like, it seems like it's Bradley Beal, right? I think Bradley Beal is right, going to yeah, be the starting yeah. point guard. Yeah. Oh, no. He got, ta- got Kevin Durant, got Devin Booker, and I mean, like you got a, a heck of a team, but not a lot of depth either. Like, what happens if one of those guys goes down? So I don't know. I mean, yeah, obviously the Nuggets are the favorite, and they should be. They're the defending champions, and they are young. I mean, for in terms of a championship level team, that's a younger championship team. So I don't know. I mean, I think I put them right in the middle of the pack. I think they're fighting to have home court advantage in the first round. And it's a good fight. Yeah, because I'm with you. Like, it's this weird, like, as you try to assess last season, I think with all the Jaw stuff, for fans, it was obviously exhausting. And I think that's understandable. I think the frustrating part was you're having to sit there and listen to, you know, all the, the Laker noise when you know the Grizzlies don't have Steven Adams and the Grizzlies – the Grizzlies right. don't have Brandon Clark, and huge losses. Does that complete? Does that mean the Grizzlies would have been in the Western Conference Finals? No, but like to act like that was a, you know, even fair fight. That's not really the case. And so, 
I also think about it in these terms, like Denver, Denver deservedly won a championship. But how many times are you going to stay that healthy during a playoff run? Like, I, I think that matters too. Yeah, I kind of you kind of broke up there for a second, but I, I don't think you can guarantee it either way. I mean, like, yeah, do those two guys help? I think if you look at some of the games against the Lakers where the Grizz were um, giving up a lot of second chances, a lot of offensive rebounds to the Lakers, that, that would have made a difference. And you can't pencil anybody in because it's basketball. I mean, teams that have been favored have been basically – beaten many, many times because one team starts playing better basketball. Those teams that made the playoffs didn't make it because they were just mediocre squads. I mean, the Lakers made it straight up because they were a team that revamped their roster and essentially, um, you know, rebuilt what was a flawed roster into a team that had a lot of weapons. And I think, like, that's kind of the other thing for me. It's like, so much of this now, it feels like, is predicated on health. And, yeah, you want to be seated as, like, it seems like to me, like, yes, you would like to avoid the play-in. But I feel like now the Grizzlies are at the point with the franchise right now where all that matters is playoff success or, you know, you're going to be judged based on the playoffs. And it seems to me now more than ever, like, priority number one is make sure that you're healthy when you get to the playoffs. Yeah, and that's why you see teams do these rest days and things like that because it's evident. You know, you don't want to be a team that's grinded it out so hard for the 82 regular season games that you've got guys that don't have legs underneath them that you need to compete. But it also, I understand the fans' frustration with that. They pay money to see their favorite players and the the team as they like it, and you don't get to see that all the time. But that's the nature of the world we live in, thanks to LeBron, because his science team figured out, hey, look. And, the, Sp- and the Spurs, too, off, wouldn't you agree? I feel like the yeah, Spurs were yeah. a big part of that. Yeah, as their players were aging, and, and Greg Popovich would kind of make a joke of it and put, like, on the injury report, old or decrepit or something like that, where he's kind of making fun of it. But, yeah, he had to rest Tim Duncan, or Duncan would have worn out, and he needed Tim Duncan healthy in April not in November. But the crazy thing with that is if you look at how close this was, think about having a couple of games on your side, and instead of being the two seed, you're the one seed. You don't play the Lakers in the first round if you're the Grizzlies if you hadn't done that. But you also maybe lose a guy here or there. There's no way you can account for what happened to Brandon Clark. That's just, it was a freak, unfortunate situation. And that's going to happen in NBA basketball. Guys are going to hurt their knees. Guys are going to rupture their Achilles tendon. It stinks. You hate it for the player because it can totally change the complexion of their career, but it's going to happen. It's the ones where you're nagging injuries and you've got guys fighting through it, and then they get hurt because they want to tough it out, because they want to win a game. And it's really um, it's one of those things where it does make a difference. There's no two ways about that. Uh, we I don't think we asked you this last week. What's your take on the NBA Cup? Oh, the glorious in-season tournament. Yes, I really hope we make the finals. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind an in-season trip to Vegas to catch a little uh, 
Cirque du Soleil and play some high-level basketball. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I think we're doing all we can as a league to try to jazz up some things to keep the interest when it's tough. I mean, look, the three of us and, and your listeners and the people out in the you know out there, we're not idiots. The big boy on the block is the NFL. Right now, to me, the second big biggest on the block is college football. And until those start to come to a head, you know, in December where NFL teams start to figure out they're not playoff teams or they've figured it out maybe a couple weeks before, conference championship games have happened, we got bowl games, but we're really waiting for the national championship. The focus doesn't turn to the NBA until Christmas. But even then, you're still battling NFL playoffs, bowl games, all that stuff, right? And the start of college basketball conference play. So now you're giving your fans something to look forward to. For the players, it's a chance to make extra money. They had to incentivize it. Um, I, I, it'll be interesting to me to see how the schedule looks with it because let's say you make the finals or the semifinals. If you play, let's say the Grizzlies make it and they play Milwaukee All right. in the semis, right? Do they still have two regular season games with Milwaukee or does that count as one? That's what Mark, Mark and I were asking. The same. And also, does it change your home and away numbers? Like, it's right. 41 home games, 41 away. I don't know. I don't. That's the thing. Do those two games, or are those just considered extra games that don't It, so, it sounded like only the championship game is an extra game. The semifinal game will still be part of the 82 you play in the regular. The only extra okay. game it sounds like, is the championship game. So, so is whoever's it like, is in the it like championship both road game, is it like a road game for everybody? I would think, well, it sounds like they're going to basically do, they're only releasing part of this. My guess is what's going to happen is only a port, it's going to be like they did during the COVID year. Only a portion of the schedule will be released immediately. And then post-NBA Cup, I would assume based on who advances Ooh, to the semifinals, well. Then you'll get an addition, you know, because ultimately- so you're not getting it all 82 games when, like, what is it? September. When does the schedule usually come out? September, yeah, like August, September. That would be my guess. I, I don't know that for sure, but like, based on the fact that you don't know who's going to make the tournament part of it, the playoffs of the NBA Cup, and those games are going to count as regular season games, they'll basically do a schedule leading into the NBA Cup. And then the, right. we'll get an addition. Once they figure out who made the playoffs, we'll get we'll get the rest of the schedule after that. I would think. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. I mean, look, I, if the league feels like these guys tend to not make mistakes when it comes to things like this. Yes, they've made them in the past, i.e., changing the basketball. And David Stern had a funny when he was still alive. A funny visit to Memphis. He signed one of the basketballs they had to stop using midseason because they were drying out guys' hands and they were, you know, cutting their hands because they were playing so much. And he said, "I'm." He signed it. Said, "I made a mistake, David Stern." And it was a giveaway at one of the Grizzlies season ticket holder events, which I thought was hilarious. But they don't really generally screw things like this up. They've done their research. This was not just, hey, let's. Let's just do this on a whim. They've been talking about this for the last couple seasons. So I would imagine the next couple of weeks we'll get the preseason schedule first. We'll see that because te- the team set those up on their own. And who knows, four or five. Some teams do four games. The Grizzlies, I think, did five last year, somewhere in that nature. And then after that, shortly early August, I think you'll get the first half of the schedule. And then what, how do you release the post 
the I, there'll be an infrastructure of the schedule with some tentative dates. I think. I, yeah. I would be surprised if you don't have the whole schedule essentially or maybe laid it's they, out. Maybe it's they don't schedule the last few games of the season. You know what I mean? Like right. the, it's the games at the very end of the season could be variables based on what you do in the play-in tournament type of deal. The I, problem that and the, I didn't mean to cut or not play-in. Excuse the me, the, the in, NBA Cup. The problem you run into there is. What happens if you have to go play somebody that is home to a Major League Baseball team in April and they have an opening series? Or it's a high-demand hotel situation where you can't get in and you've now got to scramble. So that's they're not going to leave teams hanging. They like things set, knowing where you're going to be, letting travel coordinators get the schedules matched up. Look, our guy Nolan does a phenomenal job with that. It is a job that is – about as thankless as you can get, and it's it's terrific. Our our organization does a great job with our travel. We we we've done a remarkable job doing that. I'm very grateful for that because it affects us. It affects all of us that travel with the team, non-player wise, as much as the players. And so I think they'll have they'll have a framework of what's going to happen with maybe some to be determined. If like let's say you make it. Maybe last year the Grizzlies played Milwaukee late in the season. Let's just—I'm using that as the example. So maybe if they play them in the tournament, that game in April, you know, if you can kind of predict putting, it wouldn't surprise me in the infrastructure of the season to see some late season single game road trips to Chicago, Milwaukee, uh, whoever you think coming out of one of the brackets, New York or Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like teams you can predict are going to be good that maybe if you think you're good, I mean, if you don't think your team's very good and you're in rebuild mode, you're not worried about it. But those come later in the year and you go, okay, well, you played that game in January, so that game's no longer there. You're not taking that trip. Yeah. Cool. There it is. I've I've so. thought, I've had trouble get, wrapping my arms around this whole NBA Cup thing because I think, like, I just don't understand why it's going to be that interesting with these NBA teams that already play each other, playing each other. To me, if you're going to do right. something like this, now I get it, it's probably not possible because I think part of this was also, we're not going to, they're only adding one game for two teams, essentially, to the schedule. Right. And they, they very clearly, if anything, they should be minimizing. You know, we, we've we talked about it in the past. It's not realistic based on money, but, you know, it realistically in terms of, you know, game, whatever it is, you know, player management and all that stuff, you should have fewer games. But the thing I would find interesting is doing this truly like a Champions League or a, like the U.S. Open right. Cup in soccer where, like, the best professional teams from, like, like you get the best professional team from China. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.